Welcome to the Revelation Project Podcast. I'm Monica Rogers. And I'm Andrea Willits. Together, we're disrupting the trance of unworthiness and guiding women to reveal the truth of who we are. We say that life is a revelation project, and what gets revealed gets healed. What is it to be a witness to others, and why does it matter? Join us as Andrea and I unpack all the ways in which we, as human beings, are starving to feel seen and known. The power of witness. I love this. I love this topic. You love this topic. I do. I do. Because there is power in it, literally. There's so much power in witnessing. Actually, I think it's the most underutilized power there is. Yeah. And it's a superpower. <laughs> right? It is a superpower. It's it's a superpower that is accessible to all human beings, and it's the most under-leveraged and unsurfaced power that we have that exists in our space and is available to us at all times, and we do not use it. Yeah. So witness, you know, you and I were actually in the car today, right? Coming back from lunch and talking about witness. And where I always get curious is, so what does witness even mean? Right? So to witness is, uh, yeah, get out your handy little computer and and look it up, look it up in the dictionary. And I'll just keep talking about what I make up about what witness is. So I think witness is about witnessing someone without attachment. And what I mean by that is I'm not judging. I'm not trying to fix. I'm literally there present to them and what's happening over there. Yeah, uh, you're pretty much right on the money in terms of how it's explained via Google, the expert. Yeah. So a person who sees an event, typically a crime or an accident, take place, (laughs) which I think is hysterical. It it is hysterical. Number two is evidence or proof, which is so great because I think when we talked about trauma and, you know, I specifically kind of talk about my own trauma as a child and needing a witness or having a witness and how important that was for me. Mm-hmm. And then as a verb, it, it is described as to see. And then in parentheses, an event, typically, again, a crime or an accident takes place. Oh my gosh, why does it have to be a crime or an accident? For the love of God. Right. <laughs> and then also to have knowledge of an event or change from a personal observation mm. or experience. Nice. Yeah. And so, of course, these are just the the initial kind of the ones that come up right away on Google. And then, of course, it drills down more deeply. You know, it's interesting when we talk about witness in the work of the Revelation Project and as like a really important tool to use in our daily work and in our project, because, of course, what we're inviting really all of our audience to do is to put their own life in the context of the revelation project. And so 
as a tool in that toolkit of like how to use it in life, I want to go back to kind of that observer standpoint for a minute and really talk about that important aspect that you brought up, which is not in Google, which is this non-attachment. Yeah. Well, when I say that, it really is a practice and there's an integrity with it and a responsibility. Like you're really getting intentional about, I am going to literally witness, see, take in this person across from me and serve them by not judging, paying attention, literally, right? Taking them in and not making up story or trying to influence or fix them, right? Yeah, yeah. No, no influencing. No, it's you're literally and, and here's the other interesting piece that I want to point to here is that I'm also saying there there's energy behind this there's a there is an integrity there's a there's a caring and it's not like just being a sounding board and nodding your head as I'm describing it I don't want to mislead people to think oh so I just nod my head I'm there for them. I'm not saying anything bad. No, what you're t- what you're pointing to is bringing a presence to it. Yes. And and here's the cool thing also about what you're saying is that in being present, you're not only present for yourself, you're present for the other person too. A same thing in an event, to witness an event, okay? Let's say we're not sitting across from another person. Again, to be a witness to the events in our lives and also be present to our experience as it's happening. Yeah. Right. Versus to, like you said, may be be attached to some kind of outcome or caught up in the drama such that we are missing the whole point of having the experience and missing the whole person who is actually having the experience. Yes. Like the whole of them in it. Yeah. So let's pull these pieces apart for a minute because I think they're each worthy of some more of some more unpacking. So when we talk about witnessing one another, right? One of the things that I often say, I say it to my clients, I say it to I say it as part of the project all the time is people are starving for acknowledgement. Yeah. Literally starving for it. Mm-hmm. And so and, and the key for us women out there, okay, I, I want to really talk to this for a minute, because one thing is like, we're starving for it. And as women, oftentimes, we tend to deflect it when it does come our way. And I want to invite all of us to start noticing where we deflect when we're being acknowledged. And this can be as simple as, oh, my gosh, you look so nice today. And instead of saying, oh, this, I just threw this on or like deflecting it like, oh, I got this outfit at so-and-so, right? And changing the conversation. It's actually being with the acknowledgement for a minute and saying, thank you. Yeah. And even going that much further and saying, thank you. It's true. Yeah, I do look great today. Yeah, I really feel great today. Yeah. Thank thank you you. for noticing. Thanks for noticing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I love that. So this is this is where it starts to have more depth to what witnessing is about and how we inside the revelation project it's one of our most powerful tools isn't it 
it is to reveal well, one of the things that we're often doing with our work is and how we really started this work was it was all about the power of witness it was so many women have been I think have felt unseen for a long time and when I say unseen I mean unrealized un unseen for who they really are yeah right? they're feeling invisible invisible right and a lot of women will kind of really start to notice that I think at different times of our lives for example that's something I hear a lot of women say over 50 right where they become invisible let's say to like the male gaze or something but in general it's something I think human beings, I, I don't want to generalize here too much. But of course, our audience, what we are talking about is, you know, really disrupting the trance of unworthiness in women and and also having us look at how women have often felt in different roles and responsibilities throughout their lives and not feeling particularly acknowledged, or nurtured or cared for in a way that makes them feel relevant, seen, known, appreciated. Yeah. So I just want to catch something you said and help me out with it. If what you're saying, I want to really underline. And that is, so when women are in roles that are relevant, that hold responsibility, that are more demanding. So how they measure up in the in those roles, right? Where they're not getting enough acknowledgement, where they're not seen. So there's that statement. There's right? that statement, but there's also the other statement of that in everyday life. Yes. There is literally a witnessing, a way of relating to one another that is so missing. Yes. And it is so important. And it's it's nothing we have to do to earn. Yes. So that's my point. Great. Thank you. Because I want to underline that. Yeah, like, no, I'm, really, I'm glad you did. Thank you. Because that to me is, that's the deeper place that's so needed that I, in my not doing anything, like literally sitting at home and not accomplishing anything, just being, yeah, just being me and all of who I am. Where is she going to get that recognition? Right? Yeah. And, and so that's, I just wanted to underline that I didn't want that to get lost because I think that's what I was hearing. But Let's really consider well, that everything in the revelation project. We've got a paradox happening, yeah. right? Right. So there's a seeking for valid. There's women tend to seek outside themselves for validation, first of all. Right. So we want it. Okay. We want it. We want it desperately. We want to feel seen. We want to feel, we want to be noticed. We want to be acknowledged. We right? want to feel important. We want to feel important. We want to feel all of these completely valid. Yeah. Right? And, and we also tend to deflect it, run away from it, <laughs> hide from it when it does happen. Right. It's so right. It's like damned if you do and damned if you so don't. Deeply uncomfortable yeah. with it when it does happen. So we find that it's a deep need and we're deeply terrified of yeah. it at the same because time. Because it wasn't modeled for us. I think that I right? think that's I mean a big I go back to my mom who she she actually, you know, had a fairly healthy 
way with herself. She definitely was not someone that hid from life, right? She was gregarious and outgoing. She was an extrovert. And yet she always complained about her weight or never felt, you know, she I, she would belittle herself. Yeah, I think that's something that we've all, right? Uh, many of us have seen our, our yeah. mothers do. Yeah, and yeah. yet, like, my father actually just adored her and thought she was loved her and never ever talked to her about her weight or anything. Mm-mm. He was just, he just adored her. So it wasn't coming from that. It was just her own insecurity around that. And if I think in her circle of friends, if they would compliment one another, they would all deflect and cluck like a bunch of hens you know oh no not that right it's like oh or oh no you your hair looks so much better right like whatever it is we're so afraid of god forbid we should actually like own our light or shine brightly or brag right about the things that we actually love about ourselves yeah all right so all of that what we're surfacing here or revealing are kind of these like social norms yes it's like that's just what we do but what we do here at the revelation project is say yeah and it does it's not working it's actually not working it's actually creating and perpetuating the harm that we do to self and we do to others yeah and it's actually not attractive no so it's not attracting what we actually want in our lives right yeah well i think that uh, This is the other really amazing piece of this is that I think, you know, one of our big discussions last week, not on the podcast, but just you and I is was kind of really starting to dive in with Rachel, who's who's a woman who's helping us with our branding. And after after kind of we had a, a meeting with her, we were kind of looking at that new Oracle deck that you had gotten. And really, we were, of course, choosing cards for ourselves. And one of the cards was around symbology and energy and how intention and words hold energy and meaning. Yeah. And so I think sometimes we don't connect the dots in terms of how if if it's true, I'm not saying it is, but let's pretend for a moment that it's true that we create our experience with our words then every time we do ourselves a disservice or we speak unkindly about ourselves or another person, we are actually doing harm. Yeah, well, I'm going to claim that and say it's true in my world. Yeah, but it's that true is for me in right, my world too. Right, absolutely. It's not who I want to be. No, it's exactly. It's not what I want to create. And, and I think that what we're up to here at the Revelation Project is not about the status quo. What we're doing is disrupting this whole conversation and this system and looking at it from different perspectives and starting to to actually own and claim that we we can do better than yeah yeah so to to wrap it back around this witnessing that's one of the ways to do just that isn't it it is. And so here's what I want to say about that, because it is so simple. It's like, and Andrea, you're so good at this. You really are. Thank you. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes, it's true. Is for, Every so often, you'll just stop and you'll take me in. You know, like, you'll just take me in and you'll say, I just want to acknowledge you. You know, I've really noticed 
how you've really grown over the course of the last several months in this way, right? And every time you do that with me, I get a chance to practice receiving it. I get a chance to like feel seen and known by you in a way that feels so intimate and so precious Mm -hmm. because it's like, it's not like I've done it seeking the validation, but the fact that you've actually noticed it makes endears you to me in a way that you know, it's it's where we get a chance to really deepen our relationships with people and when I think of how often you know, so many people talk about losing somebody special in their life. And and the thing that they say time and time again is, say what you need to say now. Yeah. As if like you need to say it in one breath and not over the course of your entire life to, to <laughs> right? To like, at least I said it right before she died. I finally said, right? right. It's like, yeah. why do it's we so withhold? True. Why do we withhold? Why are we so stingy with one another in this way? It is so insidious yeah. and undermining yeah. of what is possible. And a missed, again, it's what you're saying, a missed opportunity to feel love, honestly, oh. right? Just oh. love. <laughs> I, honest to God, it's just, it's so simple. Yeah. But, but here's the truth. We are deeply uncomfortable with giving and receiving acknowledgement. So I want to ask us as a collective, what the hell is that about? Well, do you want to answer for me? Yeah. I mean, I think it goes way back to what we were trained around humans having ego and what makes us vulnerable, vulnerable from the dictionary description Ah, of weakness. Weak. Yeah. So who the hell wants to set themselves up to literally be put in the lion's den and ripped apart? It's survival. (laughs) It's like, I'm not going to do that. And so we've been trained by our parents and that generation and going back right? They're just, it goes back in time. Well, to, to kind of that whole like stiff upper lip, let's just, that's how a train translates, right? Let's let's just surface some of this stuff. Nose to the grindstone, stiff upper lip. You're okay. Dust yourself off. Dust yourself off. Right. You know, like grin and bear it. You're stopping so dramatic. Yeah. I heard that one a lot. Yeah. And so here's the, here's the other side. God forbid we should actually need yeah. to feel seen and acknowledged. Right. Exactly. I mean, what a bunch of horseshit that, yeah. we've, that we've bought into about how that's weak versus a natural and positive. Yeah, I love that you said positive because the other thing is, is where we, it seems to be more comfortable to go in acknowledgement is criticism. Isn't that interesting? Well, yeah, it's unfortunately, it's how we bond. 
And yeah. and believe me, I'm someone who loves self-deprecation as much as anybody else. I think that there's a place for it because, of course, humor. Yeah. And there's also a way in which I think overused can really undermine relationships in yourself, really. It undermines you. It undermines the relationship. And so using that self-deprecating humor is, it's like it's so overused and it should really be something that we're we're really start paying attention to and start noticing where there's an opportunity to actually receive and we're unwilling or uncomfortable to actually be with the love that wants to come our way. Yeah. So what's coming up for me is I'm listening to you because it's interesting, right? There's the, the person that's offering, right? Giving. And then there's the receiver. So, because the other thing that's starting to poke through here is that when we are witnessing someone, when we're wanting to acknowledge someone, right, and we haven't practiced or understood what that witnessing is, right, that what witnessing actually is, but just to acknowledge someone, if we think about what it means to actually see that person and get intentional about giving them something about them, all about them, where you really see them for who they are and that it's not about you. No, it's an act of unconditional love. Isn't it? It is. It's practicing an act of unconditional love. And it's intentional. It's not random. It's not a random act of unconditional love. It's an intentional act of unconditional love where you're not expecting anything in return and you actually have a minute to take in your an inventory of your gratitude for someone's presence in your life and reflect it back to them. Yeah. How powerful is that? Exactly. How powerful is that? And there's nothing that deepens a relationship more than that. Yeah, exactly right. There's nothing. And the other thing is, I think of even our listeners practicing this seriously, just, I mean, there's so many ways that you can do it. Practice it with a server who just served you dinner, you know, and and just waited on you hand and foot and attended to your every need as they're handing you the check to just say, And I'm hoping you got their name by this time, right? Because they typically introduce yourself. But that's a form of witnessing too, P.S., is actually paying attention. It's like Ben the other day. Hi, my name is Ben. I'll be your your waiter. And all of us were like, hey, Ben. Right? It's like, it's that love. It's that he's a human being and he's going to serve us. He's going to wait on us. This is Ben, people. (laughs) This Ben is here. Like, yeah, you can, you can get... Ben, who's unacknowledged, who can be invisible and show up at your table and do a lackluster job, or you can get Ben, who feels totally seen and is like fully engaged and curious because he's got these women who are like, Ben, <laughs> yeah, where right. have you been my whole life? <laughs> right, right, exactly. And this is who we are when we are with people. And they, we, we, you know, you and I always laugh because people get twinkle in their eye because they're just like, who are these crazy ladies? Yeah. But we're like... We love to love people, yeah. right? And it's like, 
we're not looking for anything in return. And if they don't give us love back, it's okay. But I would say nine times out of 10, we're always getting so much love. Oh, absolutely. It's contagious. it's, It's contagious. So back to Ben, it's like to be able to say to somebody like Ben at the end of the afternoon when you've been sitting at his table for an hour and a half gabbing and you know whatever to just say hey I just want to say thank you so much for just always being you know here when we needed you to be yeah you were like such a pleasure to to have as a yeah, reader today that's it right can be simple it doesn't have to be weird right it doesn't have to be uncomfortable you don't have to make it unnecessarily weird thank you for serving us right thank you for serving us with a smile yeah, like right? you're awesome, dude. Thank you. And just that let it go go to that. But then there are people, my God, there's Ben who gets more love from us than, you know, the people we live with in our very own home. Yeah. Who've literally shown up for us time and time again. And here's the other cool thing about witnessing is like if we want to be witnessed, we have to model it and practice it ourselves yeah. before we can ever hope to receive it. Yeah. Right? So I I would love to talk about the power of witness as it relates to when we're in an upset, because I think that it changes the dynamic a bit of this conversation. Yeah. So witness has, it's multifaceted really, right? And we've talked about this. There's where witness gets to actually be utilized in a lot of ways, right? Like in an upset with a friend. And we, I I really want to share a story (laughs) between that happened between you and I, right? So shall we go there? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. So, so I'll set Bring it up. On. I'll set it up. It's it's a great example. So we had our holiday TRP party. Yeah, right. I know what you're gonna say? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're having it at my house, and you know, I love I love to entertain and all that. And we were getting down to the final hour of preparation and you came in and of course I was behind in all of my beautifying and touches and you know I think the vacuum was out on the floor and whatever and you come in and you're like what can I do and you know I I'm in my own edge at that point I'm just going to call it my little edge she's called Nitsy Nancy and I'm like, yeah, yeah. And you're like, well, I can vacuum. And I'm like, yeah, well, well, okay. And so you're, you're vacuuming. And I think you ask a question. I, you might be able to help me with this memory. But well, I want to, I want to go back because, because just to kind of clarify. So okay. when Andrea is preparing and she gets very like, because if you're in Andrea's kitchen and you're like, hey, can I help you? She's like, no. I want you to sit there and I want you to risk like she gets really like when she intense. I want you to enjoy yourself yeah. and I want Which, you to and entertain she says it in the most unenjoyed way I'm at first. I know you're, la- you're I'm dying laughing. right here, but it's because this is attachment. What we're talking about. She's attached actually to your joy and you receiving <laughs> and not cleaning up, which is so funny because it's, you know, how it comes across sometimes is in this ironic way. Yeah, it's horrible. So when I came in, she was feeling behind, which she was feeling self-conscious about, right? Am, yeah, am I yeah. Words she, in your well, mouth? I was feeling the pressure, right? right. Of and, like... and, and it was like you had lost track of the time. And I was like, okay, how can I help you? And you're like, I don't know, get, grab the vacuum, whatever, right? You're like, there was an edge to her voice. Definite edge, and she, definite edge. And she was in a snit, right? Yeah, in nitsy her mind. Nancy, she nitsy Nancy. She was beating Nancy. herself up. And as a result, she was kind of like lashing out at me a bit, right? Yeah, oh, so, passive aggressive. 
by the way. It's very unpleasant. It is hell to be around, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, so I was vacuuming. That's true. Yes, it's true. I was vacuuming and I said something like, so where do you want me to put the vacuum? And you said something like, I don't need your passive aggressive comments either. And I, <laughs> or the- I was like, what? Right. And you were just looking at me. I remember you just looking at me and I'm just I'm mumbling now. Right. Because I'm actually well aware of the time. I didn't lose track of time. I was using too much time knowing the deadline. Yes. And as an ADD and having many balls up in the air and I'm quite good at it. I'm also horrible at not feeling the pressure that I'm put. I mean, like I was just under, I was underwater. So I caught myself. And what was great was I actually caught myself in you looking at me, not with any like rhetorical bitchiness, not with any like fuel the fire. You actually kind of looked at me like, huh? Like it was so clear and non-triggered yeah I wasn't triggered you were not actually buying in to my antagonistic snarky passive aggressive comment you're just like no no actually I'm not so I was like so right we we get everything put away and I think you even gave me a couple of pats like there, there, like, you got this, well, we're yet. okay. I wouldn't have touched you yet, because okay. I, I'm like, okay. I know myself enough to yeah, know. Yeah, so like, help I me. I at least until you had the first cocktail. And then I... <laughs> Well, because I could sense at that point that you would settle because I started to see you smile and loosen up and relax. And I here's the thing is like the witnessing piece, like I knew where you were. I could just I felt compassion. I was like, I knew what you had. I knew what you were hosting. I knew that you I didn't at this point know what you ended up sharing with me the next day, which is how you. Got yeah, lost, yeah. You can't we'll go there yet. Later. You can't go there yet. But. But it was more like realizing that it wasn't about me and that I didn't have to get triggered or upset and that uh, I trusted that you were going to come around. Okay, so I want to pause here for a moment because I hope you all just took in what Monica just said because you literally underlined right there witnessing. Mm -hmm. You were not attached. You were not judging, you were actually able to step back far enough to actually see me in my own self-tormenting, like, cluster of, mm. of mess, right? Like, you literally were like, wow, that's what I'm hearing. Like, it was so clear to you. Well, it was clear to me. And, and I want to make sure, too, like, because I wasn't if I had said, wow, to you, that would have been triggering to you. I was so respectful. You did not. No, you didn't. To not trigger you. Right. It was more like in, in what I was doing, which was not like nothing, just standing, centering myself, actually, that was the most compassionate thing I could do for you was center myself and realize that what I was witnessing was what I look like when I am in a state of self-loathing or feeling upset with myself or frustrated with myself or overwhelmed. 
And when I, when you weren't having compassion for you <laughs> as your friend, mm-hmm. I was able to see you yeah. with compassion. Which is so great. And the other thing that comes through is it's, I'm hearing, push back, please, if it's not accurate, but it's not about me. Like, actually, I'm, I'm so clean and clear on, I'm just trying to help her out. And it's not about me. And yeah, she's over there suffering. Like it was right. that clean. Where in the past, and this is maybe helpful, I might have taken it personally and said, you know what? I'm trying to help you, you bitch. Exactly. So shove it where the sun doesn't shine (laughs) and like storm off and go home, right? Like A, not helpful. B, talk about creating a bigger mess than is necessary and going down, you know, the drama highway. This is so critical right here at this point. Yeah, This is where, right? It's like really, I think that... Now, now, right? And it's not like, oh, this the grace of this hits me always now. But it certainly happens more often now than it ever has in my past because of practice. Where I'm able to make a distinction between what I'm observing and what I'm taking on. And also that you know, again, you've been a great model for me as as well. And I know that this is where we've been so great for each other. And this is where I think we've also had the ability to kind of unpack the because of course, you and I get really interested in this stuff, right? Most people would be like, why do you guys want to keep talking about this? <laughs> because we're like, Oh, my God, that was fascinating. We want like for punishment. We just want to untangle everything. Yeah. Look at it. Because it's always because, so much love underneath. Well, honestly, but, but, but it's also I think that what we're really wanting to do is demystify yeah. how we get in such a twist or in such an upset and teach other women how to do this work. Exactly. And so I want to kind of go back to the piece about cleaning up the mess because how the rest of the evening happened was totally casual and whatever. And like I said, I I trusted that you were going to come back to center. Mm -hmm. And, And here's what else I trusted. I trusted that I didn't need to bring it back up. That I didn't need to be like, so about yesterday, the following day. I know I could have and that you would have been approachable, but I trusted that you were going to clean it up with me whenever you got to it. But that what I could trust and count on was that you were not going to sweep it under the rug Mm -hmm. because it's not who I know you to be. Mm -hmm. Interesting, right? So yeah, that's so great. So, So what happened for you after that? So I'm I am calming down and I'm sure that cocktail helped. <laughs> right. And that's when I started patting you. <laughs> I was like, she right? said vodka now. I yeah. can be like, hey, so how are we doing? Yay. Love. Right. Yeah. Well, and the joy of the women coming in and we're gathering and it really became evident in the feelings that were there that I'm okay. I'm calming down. And oh boy, I sure I sure got triggered there. And looking over and being met with a smile versus a frown 
or disdain or a shaming look. So that's super helpful, by the way, to be met with that. And how we then kind of would circle each other and give each other a pat or sit on the arm of a chair. And it's like like, the prodigal son. Right. You're back. Right. It's like (laughs) he's back. Let's bring out the feast. Right. 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 Like let's let's celebrate like like welcoming you back to me. Yeah, exactly. Which was so sweet. Right. I mean, there's the the acknowledgement and the unconditional love. Like it's so precious. And so the night went on and we enjoyed ourselves and then the guests left, our guests left. And it was really nice because it was quiet and it was just the two of us. And then we chatted more about it. We talked about what happened. I was able to apologize. Well, see, and it's funny because I don't remember much about the end of that night. Mm -hmm. I remember the following day. Yeah, well, what's interesting, so just to, to niggle your memory if I can, but I remember it because I was not feeling defensive and I wanted to take ownership. Yeah. I wanted to make it right. Yes. I wanted to call myself out that <laughs> that I had been accusatory, that I know how tough it is to be around that because I had grown up with that. I'd yeah. grown up with a mother that was so wonderful in so many ways. And the way that she could cut me down is with her being passive aggressive. Yeah. In exactly the way I behaved to you. Yeah. So I was like, I I know what it's like to be on the other end of that. So we had some conversation that night Mm -hmm. and we were good and there was a whole lot of love and you left. And then that night, the ghost of Nissy Nancy came to visit you. Well, yeah, the ghost of that's really well put. The ghost of Nissy Nancy came to visit and I had a deeper reckoning with it in myself, in my relationship with my mom and what that felt like and what that was like and what it means to me as far as when it shows up in me now and that I don't want that to happen. And also I remember what happened that night was you got clear about what you got caught up in as you were preparing for all of us. And it was the joy And you were in a memory about your mom Mm. and what she used to do for everybody to put on Christmas. Mm -hmm. And you were so lost in the reverie of being with her and that energy. And then it was almost like this disassociation or disturbance from feeling that sense of, I would imagine, grief in that moment as well as celebration but also then feeling like coming back into like the insult of reality and realizing like, oh my God, the time, right? And just not being able to process all that was going on. And so when you came the next day, what you came with was also compassion for yourself. Yeah. Which was so beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I just remember like in the car driving here, I couldn't get here fast enough here being we're in Monica's house right now and, and tears. Like I was just this deluge of emotion of couldn't wait to get here and share with you what an unsettled night I'd had and what was coming to me and dancing with my mom all night and also dancing with, with that 
behavior and what it meant to live with it. And yes, missing her so much. And also knowing that my own personal integrity that I really have been intentional about breaking that cycle because mm-hmm. I believe that we can yes. and that it had shown up that night and that you had been a victim of it, of my, well, you didn't take on the victim by the way, but for me, right. That I had treated you this way mm-hmm. and that I wanted to further my atonement literally around that. And here's the thing about witnessing that I want to point out because of the spaciousness of the witnessing and of your witnessing, it actually triggered and allowed me to have that much more powerful insight and ownership of that racket that I created. So I was able to get that deeper, that more responsible, right? And really see it for what it was and to be able to work with it. Yeah, I'm kind of seeing a new element, right? If I were to kind of zoom in on what typically happens when there's a situation like that at play, is that the other person, right? So in other words, I was I was just in the way, right? I happened to be like a an innocent bystander. Hell yeah. Yeah, 100%. Right. Again, not taking on that victim energy, but also realizing that when we when we step out of the innocent bystander and get hooked, exactly. right? What happens is then it becomes about the hook. Exactly. And then we start down this road where usually there's no survivors, right? At the end of it. Because, blame, 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 blame. Right? Finger and it pointing. Beco- and it becomes about that versus... Instead of... Right, right. I'm seeing that. And versus... That's my point. Knowing the difference, creating the space for Andrea to have, to have her experience and not make it about me. Exactly. That's exactly my point. So that's where my own personal reckoning, spiritual reckoning. I mean, I got really deep with it that night. I told you I didn't sleep much that night. Mm -mm. I mean, I showed up right? Like I was a big yeah, it hot, freaked you out. I was a big hot mess, but not in a freak out way where you were freaked out that you had, here's, here's what I would say about the freak out. I remember you saying like, I was so clear that that's not who I want to be with. You. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It was, it was actually a revelation. You know, it was, uh, being able to come here and I really used the word atonement in, in the sacredness of that word. It's not said lightly. It's atonement. It's saying, hey, I see that you're okay and all that, but this is about my responsibility of really wanting to come clean and really make clear to you that I don't want to treat you that way. Yeah. That is not how I want to show up for you. I'm better than that. And I'm going to live to that promise, right? Really promise to work on that, that that doesn't happen again. And by the way, I'm not going to promise that it's never going to happen again, but I'm going to catch it. I'm going to, right? I'm going to really work on that not being used. 
Well, and and what I'm what I'm also really wanting to kind of step back here and look at is is also this dynamic that what had happened the night before you were not done yet. You were not meaning yes, you had said to me at the end of the night, I'm so sorry. I was, you know, I see how I was being blah blah blah, right? And then for you to continue to want to talk about it the next morning again as your witness, right? So so everybody who is listening, we can have a tendency to want it to be over. Yeah, because it's uncomfortable. It's, because it's uncomfortable, right? Again, though, it wasn't about me. It was about being able to be with Andrea who was still processing even though I was the object of it and I, but I was fully capable on my end of standing there and receiving her apology again, her heartfelt apology, even though she had apologized the night before. And I had already said, I accept your apology. Of course, you know, I, I knew what was going on, you know, like we're good, we're good. right? Right. But she really needed to continue to be heard about it. And what what else I was witnessing was her declaration. And here's where we contend back to the power of our words, okay? Because when we're creating our reality, when we're acknowledging and witnessing and we're doing it in a way that is positive and affirming, it is healing. Yeah. It is healing. We're also helping people to heal. So true. And what we want to do in that space when we're receiving an apology, you guys, is the same way we would receive a compliment. Yeah. Receive it. Receive it. Receive the whole of it and allow somebody to declare you know, their love for you or their commitment to not have it happen again. In that moment, you are their witness, not because now it's up to you to help them never do it again. Uh Uh-uh, that's not your job. What your job is to be there as a witness and receive. Yeah, exactly right. What she wants to give. And here's the thing. It's like when we, because how a lot of us were raised was like we sweep it under the rug. We don't talk about it. I bet you there are women out there listening and men who have never gotten an apology from the adult figures that raised them growing up, have never gotten an apology for anything. They've never had an adult truly clean up their bad behavior. Okay? And it's never and where it's not literally followed by a big fat but. Yeah, but. Oh, my God. The, the power... Literally, oh my God. I mean, I right? could go. That could be a whole nother. Yeah, podcast, well, that will be another because we won't go there. But I do want to just, just point a that shit sandwich, right? It, yeah, <laughs> it is. It's no. like yeah. no, it's what? Oh my God, I'll never. I'm forget. I'm, I'm rolling you back, Monica. Right, I'm rolling okay. you back. Right. We're not going there. All right, we it's won't tempting, go there today. but but. <laughs> we'll, we'll I just want to have a big nasty right. burger right now. All right, fine. <laughs> Fine. So anyway, I just want to, I just want to say what a gift, what a gift that was for me, that whole thing, disguised gift, right? Like, woo, that just so needed to be revealed. I got to such a deeper place with it in my own life. Had you never had anybody do that with you before? No, I, I have had that, but it's, it's so infrequent. Right. Like I would say where it start, where it has happened is with a sister, you know, but someone has to have 
it modeled for them. And for me, the possibility of that way of being in relationship and the power of witnessing actually came in my mid forties when I got a divorce <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, and which was hell. And then I started doing some real personal work yeah, and knowing that, oh, I can actually create a different way of being in relationship when there's an upset. Mm -hmm. And so I invited it and a lot of people couldn't meet me, but there were a few that could mm -hmm. and then more and more. So in response to your question, yes, I've experienced that. I will say it never that gets old. It never gets old. And I will say that I think because both you and I are so committed to this way of being that the depth of that, I don't think I had experienced before where there was more and there was more, right? Yeah. To that degree, because you were, you're seasoned in it. It truly is a practice what we're talking about. Right. And it is inviting it and seeing if the other person in front of you is willing to to try. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's and I wanna I wanna just say, and I know I, I've said this before, but because it's coming up and you know, if he's listening, I'd love him to hear. <laughs> but that you know, this practice, right? Who, who's been my greatest model for it is my oldest brother. Mm. You know, Jim, Larry, I call him Larry. Everybody else calls him Jim. His name is James Lawrence. You know, this is my brother who's 21 years my senior. And just since I was really a small, I mean, he was 21 when I was born. So like I, he was kind of like a, a father figure to me. I saw him very infrequently when I was younger, but he had gone through a significant amount of trauma in his life and then a significant done a significant amount of growth work and he just modeled this practice with me over and over and over again and so it's it's really he's been such a teacher for me in that way and i'm you know so grateful for yeah. that because it's really taught me so much about not only the power of it, but as a tool, not only for being with others in an intimate way, again, without needing that to be awkward or weird, right? There can be different levels of acknowledgement or witnessing. And certainly part of how we encourage women in our Facebook groups to be with one another is to not rescue each other from our pain, right? There's actually being a witness is about allowing someone to have the space to have their feelings, but not have to be alone in it. And we often make the mistake of rushing in to save them. Or and what we're really doing is we're rushing in to save ourselves from our own discomfort. Yeah, exactly. Exactly it. And if we can actually just start to practice sitting in the presence of another person's pain without needing to fix it. Now, I also want to put 
a little caveat on this because, of course, if you see someone being wronged in the world or being kicked to the curb, you're not going to sit there and watch, right? That's not the kind of witnessing I'm talking about. And to that end, that also brings me to this like other idea of witnessing, which is as citizens. Yeah. As citizens in the world, we have a responsibility to one another. And the responsibility from a universal human rights perspective, okay? Like, I'm not going to get into politics here, but what I am going to say is this. I don't care if you agree with me or not. It's like we are all connected. We are all human beings, and we all deserve to be treated the way we would want to be treated. And so when we see an injustice happening to a human being in the world, it is so important that there be a witness, a witnessing, not only to their pain. And yes, by all means, if there is something that you feel you can do to ease their suffering in some way, shape or form, obviously, I'm going to leave that to you. But there is something to be said for standing as a witness to someone else so that you can you can testify literally testify to what was seen and validate okay them and that's Mm -hmm. a that's different you guys from seeking validation right it's the willingness and the loyalty as another human being to stand in witness to something that we see going on that is wrong it is wrong yeah exactly right Right. Yeah. So what we want to do is it's a way to honor them. Right. To turn your back is not to honor them. And to turn your back is not witnessing. It's not witnessing. And, you know, and I'm not going to get all biblical on you, but it does bring up for me, you know, nobody could, you know, help Jesus off the cross. But what they did do was witness and testify. Yeah. What they saw. And that story, as we know, has gone down, you know, it's obviously gotten bastardized as it's gone, but (laughs) I digress, right? So you get the idea here is that that becomes like a really, again, just such an essential tool as a human being to use, use it. You know, I hope that that our audience can also hear what is, is actually in the root of this that you're talking about, this type of witnessing, which is integrity. Yeah. And it takes courage and it takes being a present human being that's not asleep at the wheel of their life, like where you're daring to be with the discomfort in that witnessing of the suffering over there. Yes. Right. Because there's something about knowing what's going on in the world and turning a blind eye. Yeah. Well, how many times, like for me with, with media now, right, you get to see horrific suffering. I am certainly not saying don't protect yourself from that or... No, 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 yeah, yeah. no, exactly. And really, actually, where I'm going with this example, though, is just to to shine a light on how many times have I, when I see an animal suffering or a child or someone innocent in a just a horrible series of events what have you that my 
over and over again, it's like, I just want to slam that computer shut. I don't want to see it. I don't want to be disturbed. I don't want to be reminded. I can't look. And yes, to the filtering and protecting ourselves. And there is something about having enough courage, being conscious enough to not just turn around and walk away, but to be activated in it, because that is the only way change happens. Yeah. It's the only way. So there's that piece that I, I love that you're bringing up this type of witnessing and how it, it fits in our lives and in the world and how it is so needed. The more we witness, you know, I will take one political punch here. The more that the collective witnesses really with eyes wide open and takes it in, the more voters will have. And that's needed. That's yes. my only plug I'm going to make here on politics. I can't help it. Yeah. Right. Well, it's, but it's it, one of those things like if all we can do is witness, then at least do that. Yeah. Right. Right. And because it's true, like there are so many amazing causes and things to see honestly there's I can only take so much of it in that's right? right there's also having compassion for myself that's right as a human being in the world with all of the suffering that we constantly see on a continual basis and being able to know and trust that the right people are showing up and where I can show up I will so yeah. You know, and I and I trust that everybody makes that own their own individual decisions about what's true for them and that. That's not my job to say, right? What I'm not here to shit on anybody. Yeah. But but where we can just do so much better is in this witnessing of one another and really just saying, you know, to everybody out there listening, again, thank you. You know, thank you for your generous listening and acknowledging you out there for being part of this conversation. Yeah. Because this, these conversations are so important and they're so, they so honor Andrea and I, and they so honor, I think, what is wanting to happen in the world now. Yeah, the human condition. It really does. It it honors all of us in our human condition because life is hard, right? Yep, and it's also amazing. Yeah. It's also a revelation. It's a revelation. So let's keep revealing. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. What gets revealed gets healed. If you're someone who would value an opportunity to work with us in a deeper way, we'd love to offer you an introductory free month into our online monthly membership, Remembering Sisterhood. Join us there for soul diving, live coaching, special guests, journal prompts, tips for living your most authentic life, and so much more. Simply go to our website, jointherevelation.com, and click on our membership link using the code podcast in the checkout. We can't wait to welcome you there. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, please visit us at jointherevelation.com and be sure to download our free gift, subscribe to our mailing list, or leave us a review on iTunes. We thank you for your generous listening. And as always, more to be revealed.